Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are the Locked Out Astros podcast, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked Out Astros podcast. I can't do it like the other guys can do it. But guys, um, we are excited to be talking about the Astros, even throughout this whole Locked Out locked out season and um brett where can they find you on twitter they can find me at h-town wheelhouse on twitter and instagram and at stros 411 on twitter instagram and facebook always positive always stros and we are locked out astros your team every day and you can find me at eric talk stros you can find the show at locked on Astros. Now I can't even say it the right way. So guys, we got a lot to talk about and thank you for making Locked On Astros podcast your first listen every day. Where it's on YouTube, keep on subscribing to us, keep on liking us and keep on listening to us on the way to work, on the way home from work while you're supposed to be working. You know what they say, uh, good workers are hard to find. Go ahead and uh, just hide underneath your desk and listen to Locked on Astros podcast. That's what you need to do. So, um, Or just put it on the loudspeaker system and let everybody listen to it in the office. Why not get the boss involved? Hey, talk to him about a local sponsorship with Locked on Astros. Yeah, something like that. So uh, let's go and start off with something that we wanted to do yesterday, but Rob Manfred, like he normally does, he just couldn't took over the whole podcast yesterday. So let's go and uh, talk about what McCullough said uh, before Texans game on Sunday. Yeah, you know, this is uh, something that, you know, has happened in the past. You know, we, we don't always come, you know, to CBA agreements right away. We haven't been locked out in a while, but, you know, we've had extensions and things in the past. And, um, you know, we just, uh, as, as a union, you know, we, we stay consistent. You know, we want to negotiate, want to come to a, you know, a fair and uh, a reasonable CBA that, you know, you know um, is you know, all-encompassing, the, the players, the fans, the, the teams, and uh, hopefully we can do that. How's your heart feeling? Do you have any indication you might throw again? Yeah, it's, you know, it's getting a lot better. I had an MRI about a week and a half ago, and everything uh, looked really good. Uh, the form injury is uh, is almost completely healed. And my surgeon out in uh, you know, L.A., Dr. Elitraj, did my Tommy John, said my, my graft was um, you know, good as well, which is all positive news. So everything continues to head in the right direction with rehab. I should start throwing in about a month. How about Justin Verlander uh, rejoining the team? Yeah, it's, 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 I was saying out there in, in the radio broadcast that uh, you know, anytime you can add a Hall of Famer you know, back to your team, to the rotation, it is a, uh, it's massive, you know, for us. And, you know, we're very familiar with Justin. You know, he's been here. Um, he's done a lot of great things in this uniform, so we look forward to um, continuing those. And I, I think, you know, hopefully when the when the lockout does end, uh, you know, his, his deal will become official. And, um, you know, we look forward to, uh, you know, trying to make a World Series run with him. Have you spoken with him? I have. Yeah, I talked to him, actually. What was the, uh, what was his attitude like? You know? well, I talked to him before. Um, he actually uh, threw that bullpen uh, for all the teams. And we just called, and we were talking about the season. and. He congratulated me on my year and our year as a whole, and um, you know uh, I wished him you know the best of luck in his bullpen. I know how nerve-wracking that is, you know, coming back from TJ and you know really starting to let it loose again for the first time, and to add on top of that, he had all these all these teams evaluating him. So uh, you know, in, in true Justin fashion, he was, I heard he was still at 97, so I texted him congratulating him on that, and um, also when we signed, you know, we're, we're very happy here when they came to a you know verbal agreement. You know, we're very we're very happy he's back. Yeah. Does the lockout change your, your off-season work, or does it change anything? Yeah, quite a bit. You know, I've, I've, I've been living in Houston for 
quite a number of years now in the field and has been where I've always trained in rehab. Um, you know, I'm very, I'm very close with uh, you know Jeremiah Randall, our, our head um, athletic trainer, and um, you know I'm very close with the guys on our strength staff as well. So I mean, not being able to uh, you know go to the field, not being able to you know rehab and you know train with those guys is, is going to be an adjustment, but um, you know it's one that we'll have to have to deal with. How do you feel about where the how do you feel about where the Astros are right now? Given the uncertainty, Carlos, you know, some of the things that they have done in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be a competitive team in our, our division. Our division's loading up a little bit. Um, you know, you got Seattle making runs, Angels, the the Rangers as well. So, um, you know, uh, Oakland is, wasn't going to make moves apparently, but they have been. They've retained their guys so far, and um, they have a heck of a ball club. So we have a work cut out for us, and uh, you know, I think we have a few more pieces we need to add. And uh, you know, I think um, I think we'll do that if. Um, if and when this, this, this lockout is over. How did you prepare, how did you prepare uh, for possibly the lockout? Did you, did you get ready for it? Well, we didn't have, I didn't have a lot of time. You know, we, we, uh, we played into November again, and, um, you know, we locked out uh, last week. So um, I was at the field a little bit uh, speaking with the, the, the people I mentioned before, and we tried to come up with some type of plan in place, try to find some, you know, physical therapist here in Houston and back home in Tampa, Florida, where I'm from, when, when we go for the holidays and things like that. Um, and just try to prepare the best we can, and um, that's all you can do. So, uh, you know, we're, I don't want this to be something that um, throws off possibly you know, my health, you know, for spring training and beyond, but that's the situation we're in, so we're, we're doing all we can. Have you had a chance to talk to any of the uh, Texas players? Alrighty, so um, that was part of what Lance McCullers had to say. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from what was said? Well, he didn't say much about the CBA other than he wants a fair deal, um, that the players want a fair deal. Basically, um, you know, you can read, read between the lines on that, but you know he wasn't going to go into much detail. Um, I loved hearing the JV bit, knowing that, you know, Lance McCullers is really the ace of this ball club, no matter – if JV is there or not, and that that fifteen, um, that you know eighty five million dollar um, deal, um, five year eighty five million dollar deal that they gave Lance says that, and he's glad to have um, Justin Verlander back. It, I, it I is think, interesting. I think it's the fact that a lot of people are making a big deal about it not being official, and what Lance McCullers right. is saying here that uh, we know that it's just a verbal agreement right now, but we're not worried about it being a right. verbal agreement. No, yeah, yeah, and that's what I was saying that you know he doesn't seem worried at all that he has it. You know, people like to read read like into things that aren't there, and you know that's that's one of the one of the negative aspects of social media where everybody's a professional everybody has an opinion but i think another thing that he talked about that i think is very important for us to focus on is remember we talked this last year how 2020 affected players as far as like injury wise because of the shortened season and out right. of routine well i'm wondering what kind of negative impact this this lockout is going to have on injured players that are rehabbing because at the end of the day, yes, they are players. They do have millions of dollars, but when the team has a certain regimen, when the team has a certain formula that they use to get their players in shape, it's very well researched. And at the end of the day, the player's most optimal returning shape is when they're with the team physicians, the team strength and conditioning guys. Like you said, Jeremiah Randall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just not the same when it's not your guy. This is what I'm wondering, Eric. Can Jeremiah Randall like 
just send someone the workout program he's supposed to be doing? I mean, what's wrong with that? He can't share that information. It's, no, is it um, private information? That doesn't make it's, any sense. it's not that it's just technically like, um, like McCuller started. He's like, I think I'm with the Astros. Technically, uh, the, it's kind of like they're not under contract. I mean, they're, they are under contract, but they're not technically allowed to work together. That's the problem with this. Like okay. McCullers can't even go to Minute Maid Park to throw the ball around. He can't go to the gym in Minute Maid Park. He's technically, they're not under contract. Like if McCullers goes and hurts himself at the gym, there's no uh, technically insurance right now. I mean, oh, I yes, okay. that type right. of thing. No, yeah, that makes sense. There, there's no protection right now. And so um, my next thing is like, uh, what does he think about Carlos Cray? And that kind of brings up our next topic. So we'll talk about that in a second. I wonder uh, what the, and he was saying that the Astros still, you can still bet on the Astros. And uh, what about betonline.ag? So bet online here is, has you covered all season long, more odds, props, and lines than ever before. And football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet online remains the number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Uh, now you can't watch the Astros. You can't watch the Rockets. You can't watch. Well, I guess you can watch the Texans, but do you want to watch the Texans? So unless you have direct TV. So tell us a little bit about direct TV. So does this sound familiar? You got one device that helps you catch the, like the game live. Another lets you stream your favorite show and watching sports highlights on your phone. You get your neighbor's best friends to log in for the good stuff. Well, there's a simple way to get rid of that, to get all your entertainment you love in one place without the hassle by getting your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV on-demand favorites together like never before. There's no annual contract. There's no juggling remotes. There's no need to basically buy any more devices ever again. And what is so cool about this is you get rid of the clutter, you get rid of the confusion with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Okay, so we're going to listen to part of the rest of his interview, and then we're going to go ahead and move on to the next topic. So here's some more of Lance McCullers. And by the way, this is courtesy of Cody over at the Locked on Texas podcast. Uh, so he actually was there at the uh, at the press conference, and he was the one that sent this to me. And then, you know, in the, in the game, and just a close friend in general, our families are very close, and I think I'm actually going to head over to his house after after today but um you know what whatever's best for him and his family the situation they find them in you know I've, I've been through this with other guys i've been friends with dallas you know springer um you know charlie morton things of that nature garrett cole so you know these guys um have to uh you know put their families first and um whatever wherever they end up i hope they're happy and i hope it's here you know he's, he's not signed anywhere else yet so we still we still got a shot where'd your uh, friendship with coach begin I just ran into him actually one day walking walking in our neighborhood and uh, we just uh, kind of started talking and we just um, you know been in touch ever since that was probably about two years ago when we first got traded over. Lance, you've heard a lot of rhetoric from both sides going back to those Lakers negotiations like that they were legitimate negotiations last week. I wasn't in there. But how close are you to that and how optimistic are you that spring training will start on time and they'll get the thing done? I mean, I think we're hopeful that you know spring will be on time. You know, I, I think uh, 
you know, our game is, is in a situation where, uh, you know, we want to be in spring training, we want the season to, um, you know, you know, start on time. We had to play a short season because of COVID. And I think, I think COVID threw a little bit of a wrench in, in, the, in the negotiations because typically about a year or so out, we'll start, you know, those preliminary talks. And uh, unfortunately, you know, um, we just are not seeing eye to eye right now on, on, on various topics. And, um, you know, the, the owners of the MLB have decided to lock the players out. I think it was kind of a little of a drastic step. You know, there's been plenty of extensions signed in the past. There's been plenty of times where we continue, you know, our, uh, you know, negotiations for weeks and, and sometimes even months before we come to a deal. Um, but that's the situation we're in. It's, it's what they decided. And like I said, you know, we, we, we remain committed to trying to come to a fair CBA. And, um, you know, we want to you know, actively negotiate. But unfortunately, right now, their, their side is not up for it. Alrighty. So, uh, just kind of listening to what he said, uh, the first thing, uh, it was cut off, but he was talking about Carlos Correa. What do you think about his chances of Carlos Correa returning? So he said, well, he hasn't signed anywhere right now, so there's still a chance. And, uh, so there's still a chance. So, um, but he's going to do what's best for him, his family. And he said, he's seen many players leave. He's seen Dallas Geico, Charlie Morton, and he's seen many friends leave over the years. George Springer. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, that kind of, um, that kind of, and he also talks some more about spring training. Uh, does he think that spring training would be affected? And I kind of wanted to go uh, to go ahead and let that play a little bit too, but, um, I do want to go ahead and lead that into our next topic where John Heyman came out today and he wrote, uh, he went on the Odyssey, uh, a podcast called the big time baseball and he said that there are three teams that are really interested in John story, uh, uh, Trevor story, sorry, Trevor story. And one of them is the Red Sox. The Red Sox are really interested. We heard that the Red Sox possibly interested in Carlos Correa. And I think there's a feeling that Xander Bogarts may be uh, leaving in a couple years or something like that. So I, this is what he's, he said story. I've heard three teams, Seattle, Houston, and Boston and Boston. So it'd be interesting to see with Boston. Obviously, he's got uh, he could start at second base potentially, and we'll see where he goes on from there. So that's something that we can see. I think that um, that the Astros are a little tight with money. They may only have like twenty one million available under the current uh, CBT, but we don't know what the CBT after uh, they make their agreement. It could go up. It could go down. Who knows what really happens? They, uh, Jim Crane could just say, you know what, screw it. Let's go ahead and go over this year. And then next year, it may not be an issue because uh, Michael well, Brantley comes off the books next year. So here's the deal. Xander Bogarts is under contract till 2026 at $20 million each. I don't, I don't think he Does he have a buyout, though? I, I don't know. I, I really doubt that he's going anywhere. Um, he has a player opt-out after 2022. But that's a player yeah, opt out. I mean, the bottom line is that's a player opt out. So uh, they're f- afraid that he's like, look, I I'm coming off one of my best seasons, and if I have a good season in 2022, he's probably going to go out there seeing what uh, well, what yeah, Lindor right. made, w- depending on what Cray makes. He saw what uh, what uh, Seager made. Wouldn't you want to opt out? Um, I mean, I don't know. It all, it all depends on, on how things shake out, but I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't want to try to, um, keep him. I mean, you could talk him into, into staying around and moving him over to second base and putting Carlos at short. And then you would have, you would have Dahlback at first, you would have 
We're talking Both. about story, not Correa right now. We're talking about story at the moment. Oh, oh, you're talking about story. I'm sorry, story yeah, yeah. going to the Red Sox. Okay, but I also we're talking about okay. the fact that he could okay. potentially come to Houston. Okay, so yeah, so so Trevor's story. I think I think you could realistically have story and Bogarts in the same infield. I mean, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't try to sell that to Bogarts. I mean, you're still making twenty. 20 million a year. I don't know that Bogarts is going to get more than 20 million, Eric. I, I just, I really don't. Maybe he gets 25. I um, I, well, that, but, well, that's but, extra 5 right million now, a year, Brett. I know, but, but right now you don't even know where this whole thing's going. You don't know if they're going to lower the, lower the threshold or raise it or what's going on. I'm assuming they're going to lower it. So that's going to put teams over that, over that, um, over that ceiling yeah. a lot quicker. And so, um, but well, at the end of the day in 22, I don't know, and I don't have time to look at it, but um, who's, who's out there. That's, that's going to have, you know, who's going to need a shortstop. Well, who's gonna he need would be the best shortstop. If he opts out after 2022, he would probably be the best shortstop of it. No, right. I understand that. Yeah. No, yeah, I just, I just think that being in Boston and seeing, seeing what they have right now, seeing, seeing what they have coming up, um, I believe they just signed a, um, a Cuban player. Um, I don't know how old or young he is, but he's supposed to be a, a pretty big prospect. Um, you know, I have no idea. I don't, I don't really know that much about the Red Sox um, farm system, but yeah, I mean, if if he's got a player option, then maybe you look at signing Story. I, you know, Eric, I just, I just don't see the Astros if they're not going to pay Correa again. I, I don't know why they're going to pay Story or why they're going to pay anybody else, um, unless they just get a really good deal on Story. Um, they're not. If here's the thing, if if Story wants more than five years, he's not getting it because Carlos wants more than five years, and it looks like right now the Astros aren't getting it. And I know some people are saying the Astros are still in play, and I get that. But if Carlos Correa wants 10 years, the Astros are absolutely not in play. They are not going to sign a 10-year deal for what he yeah. wants. Well, apparently uh, to um, just uh, June Lee reported Monday that Bogart's uh, plans on opting out, which will make him a free agent. After oh, he does plan on opting out. Yes. Okay, see, I wasn't aware of that. So, okay, that's that's information that would have been helpful yesterday. No, I'm joking. Sorry to quote Wedding Singer. <laughs> yeah. So, but he does hope to remain in Boston. So he does hope to remain in Boston, but mm. he wants to make a little bit more money. And uh, we talked about this before. He signed a team-friendly deal to stay in Boston. Maybe he signed it too young, and now he's looking at all these short shops making all this money. He's like, um, what about me? So I, I, I'm wondering if, if at the time it was a little bit more than what people thought Xander Bogots was worth, and then he just kind of proved his worth. I mean – Xander Bogarts is a very good baseball player. And um, I know coming up as a prospect, as a rookie, he was, he was, you know, there were a lot of eyes on him, a lot of scouts on him. But I don't, I remember when, you know, when, when he got that money and then when Carlos Craig got offered essentially the same contract, someone's like, oh, Carlos Craig got offered Xander Bogarts money. And I think that insulted Craig a little bit. Right. But Trevor's story, it's a mystery because I, I've seen him tied with all these teams. But we haven't, you know, we haven't really heard Trevor's story talk about it. We, but, but then again, I, I guess you really don't hear the players say much right. about it. It's more the fodder between the media 
And who are the mouthpieces for these agents? Who are the mouthpieces for these clubs? Because you know, certain reporters kind of throw bones out there for certain clubs, for certain agents. They right. are somewhat of messenger boys for these big time athletes. So you have to wonder is how much the Astros would pay. I know that Trevor Story's um, prediction by MLB Trade Rumors was six years, $126 million. Would the Astros go that? I think I think they would. What is that per year? That's um, oh, that, that's easy. That's twenty one million a year. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's so something they could do. So the big question is: is years where? Well, where do they have him? Like, what is his projectability? And I don't know what it is. What does the Astros analytics department say about how Trevor Story is going to project at Minute Maid Park? And if they have him favorably projecting in an in an upward trajectory, trending upward in in home runs and RBIs, right. you know, I think his glove is fine. His glove matches Correa's glove in the zone, He's out of the zone, speed. right? Well, out of the zone. I don't think his defense is as good, but it's no, no, it's, no, it's, no. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. In the zone, his glove compares to Correa. Outside of the shortstop zone, obviously Correa is better. So at the end of the day, where do the Astros analytics people have him projected? If you play, you know, 81 games at Minute Maid Park, where do they project him being? And if they project him being an asset as an offensive player, then you've got the hitting coaches, you've got the hitting programs, you've got the lineup around him to pitch to this guy because if, right. if, if you don't pitch to Trevor, you got to pitch to Jordan. You got to pitch to Kyle. You got to pitch to all these, you know, Bregman and, and dude, Bregman is like making statements. He's like, I'm going to be back. Like you jokers, you've been hating on me and I'm coming back stronger than ever. And, and so um, that's kind of exciting side note too, that we got to tackle at some point. Yeah. So I know that looking at his OPS plus, that's a big telling about a player and he's coming off his second worst OPS plus season. His first worst was 2017, with, where he had 84 uh, OPS plus. That is way be out below uh, league average. And in his 2021, he was at 103. But all the other seasons, his rookie season, 122, 2018, 127, 2019, 120, 2020, 120. So he's normally there. He just had a down season. And like I've said it before on the podcast. He thought he was going to be traded last year. He was on a sorry team. Yeah, you know, he I thought he was going to be traded. And like, yeah, what's your purpose for playing hard every day if you're like, oh, I thought I was supposed to be going to contender, but I'm still here. Why well, am I still here? Right. And 162 games is already a grind, and we know that. And and no matter whether you're in your 20s or 30s as a major league baseball player, or you know, some players' cases in their 40s, um, at the end of the day the game is a mental game. And, yeah. and I think that's an excellent point you make. Um, those, those things got to play into your psyche. Yeah. He's been in Colorado. Yeah. It's his home. Yeah. He's like the lone standing Rocky superstar that has not been moved or that, or that wasn't on the move or thought he was going to be. So that's got to be hard to not be like, you know, to be dialed in every day to not check out mentally every once in a while. Like, well, gosh, I heard this rumor that I'm going to be traded and I'm still here. Um, you know, Nolan's gone. I mean, you know, they knew Jonathan Gray was kind of, you know, being shopped around and all this stuff. So the Rockies are just, they've always kind of been in a weird spot, Eric. Like they're, 
it's like they want to contend, but every time they start contending and getting really good, they kind of like get rid of people. And yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the organization itself. I would give you a couple of good things about him. Um, in 2020, he ranked first in the NL with only 10 errors at first okay. base, made at shortstop. Um, You're like at first base. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Uh, and also he does have two silver sluggers um, in 2018 and 2019 at shortstop. So, and see, he may be able to find it. Like I said, two-time all-star. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what are the projections of him at Minute Maid Park? I think it's a Trevor Story friendly park. Now, I don't, I don't have a spray chart in front of me. I have no facts to really back that up, but that's why I'm saying. And maybe, maybe we look at that. Maybe once this whole CBA lockout is done, or if if we hear more stuff to add to the story, um, we can go, we can go look at a spray chart. Eric, you know, talking about spray charts. Have you seen Carlos Correa's spray chart for the postseason? No. It's unbelievable. <laughs> if y'all want to be impressed, go look at Carlos Correa's spray chart for his postseason career. It is absolutely insane. I and I can tell you what Trevor Story's uh, career batting average is at Min Maid Park. You want to hear what it? What is it? Yeah, I want to know. It's uh, 267. Uh, his OPS is 933 with three home runs, four RBIs. Um, in eight games, so he has okay. one double, eight hits, five runs. Um, he has uh, nine strikeouts and a uh, T OPS of 113. So, um, uh, total base is 18. So, he does, he has done pretty well at Minimum Park. Is that a big sample size to say, yeah, let's sign him? No. Um, but it is something to say, kind of look at, uh, just remember away from Coors Field, uh, we've talked about it before. Uh, he's, he's been very uh, kind of mediocre. So it's like a uh, hundred points different. I don't have it in front of me. Oh, here it is. Um, so his batting average at home is 303. His batting average on the road is 241. His OPS at home, 972. His OPS on the road is 752. There, that's a big difference. His uh, TOPS plus at home is 124. His TOPS plus on the road is, uh, that's total, I think, uh, is 76 on the road. So it's just like, it's, so it, it is what it is, but you are paying for that road thing. So I do want to move away from Trevor Story because we could talk hours for Trevor Story, but Joe Espada. He yeah. is being being noticed. You know how in your LinkedIn profile you get somebody's noticing you from time to time. Well, somebody's noticing Joe Espada, and that is the Mets and apparently the A's. And I don't think they're yeah. going to be the only ones that are going to be looking at him. So uh, apparently that um, the Mets are seriously looking at Joe Espada, and they've got formal permission to interview him. And I think the A's also have him on the list to be interviewed as well for their managing position. Yeah, that that Oakland A's spot makes me sick to my stomach. I would hate to see Joe Espada with the Oakland A's. Now, obviously, would love it for because he's a great guy. He's been with the team, but good lord, what? Come on, like could the could the baseball gods have any more sense of humor than to put him in Oakland, California? That would be terrible. Actually, Las Vegas probably because that's where they'll be in a few years. So. I guess I don't mind then if it's the Las Vegas A's, but the New York Mets, I mean, it makes sense for the New York Mets. You know, the New York Mets had that hiring of Carlos Beltran 
Then everything came out about the scandal and then he was gone. And that, I mean, that was a huge hire for them. And Steve Cohen is an absolute mad scientist in the lab of baseball and creating a juggernaut of a team. And Joe Espada, I think, fits perfectly in New York because he's got, he is huge with the Latin players. He's got the He's got the camaraderie with the players. He's got the experience. He's got the championship pedigree. I mean, this guy's been to five straight ALCSs, and he's been the bench coach. He's been there. He's seen it all. He's been there from Hinch to Baker, and he's seen every aspect of the game. And so the Mets would be, I think, drunken fools not to make him a solid offer. Like you said, we had mentioned this before, that was the only big negative drawback of re-signing Dusty Baker. Nothing against Dusty Baker, but with that being said, we knew that would send a spotter into the um, manager market stratosphere, which I would love for Dusty Baker to coach one more year, say your goodbyes, win the 2022 World Series, Joe Espada slots in, and he goes on another championship run for the next three years, at least through 2025. But we can't have our cake and eat it too. Yeah. So the, apparently he has worked with um, Billy Epler um, from when they were both with the Yankees before. So he is a serious contender for the Mets. And also um, Ken Rosenthal um, has said that Mark Kotze, Will Venable, Joe Spada, Marcus Jensen, and Darren Bush are all candidates for the A's. So these are all the different people that can uh, interview the A's. So any different uh, opening, these are the names that you're going to be hearing. But um, the, the Mets are looking for a few good men. And uh, unfortunately, Espada is one of those few good men. And we don't want him on that wall. Uh, we want him on our wall. And that's the problem with Dusty Baker. And who knows if the Astros do win the World Series in 2022, are you really taking Dusty Baker off that wall? He just won you a World Series. Why Why would you fire him after, hey, Dusty, ah, great job him, but, winning the World Series. You're fired. You're but fired. Did, but didn't he just sign a one-year contract? Yeah, but still. You're not firing yeah, him. You're I, just I not you re-signing mean, him. I know what you mean. But. <laughs> if you got Joe Espada, the, yeah, I mean. I know what you mean. But yeah. Well, so. Steve Cohen, like I said, he could buy the Yankees today if he wanted to. I mean, that that's how rich this guy is. That's how determined this guy is. I'm not going to be upset at Joe Espada wherever he goes because he deserves a shot. The Mets, though, do make the most sense to me because I think they're automatically a competitor next year. I think with their signings, they're competitors next year. And what what guy better to bring? I mean, who else is out there? Buck Showalter? Surely you're not going to sign Buck Showalter over Joe Espada. Surely not. Um, but I guess baseball has done crazier things. I just think Steve Cohen's a really smart owner. What do you th- I think? I think the chances are more than 50% that he goes to the Mets because, I mean, why wouldn't you offer him something substantial? And if you were Espada, why wouldn't you say, let's go? Yeah, I mean – I know he gets his chance with the Astros eventually. I mean, Baker can't manage forever. 
I mean, all good stories must come to an end, uh, like this <laughs> podcast. And uh, so, uh, guys, we hope you enjoy this podcast. If you like this podcast, keep on making sure you make the Lockdown Astros podcast your first listen every day. Whether it's on YouTube, keep on subscribing. Keep on giving us a like. And go ahead and keep on listening to us on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep on listening to Lockdown Astros podcast. And we'll be back tomorrow with another podcast Ghost Rose, let's end this lockout and let's get some baseball talk going.